welcome to the Modern Casanova podcast with me, your host, Troy Francis. Happy Easter. It's Easter Day today. I hope you're having uh, a lovely day. Perhaps you're at home with family. Maybe you are at home. Maybe you're with uh, your partner. Or maybe you are just uh, recovering after a big night out last night on the town, doing lots of game. Maybe you are planning to go out tonight because uh, I don't know where you are, but in London, certainly the whole Easter weekend is a party weekend. And even though it's a Sunday night, tonight the bars and the clubs will be open because tomorrow is a holiday. So nobody has to get up to go to work or certainly most people don't have to get up to go to work as normal on Monday. And so therefore the city can go out and drink and party and vomit in the street and leave loads of rubbish all over Soho, as is normally the case, as is the great British tradition, this being the first uh, big bank holiday of the weekend. And, you know, in Britain and in London, we're all kind of a bit, uh, how can I put it? Uh, You know, we're a bit buttoned down still, um, perhaps during... The week and certainly during the winter and then as soon as there's a little bit of sun and as soon as there is a, there's a holiday we all like to go out and get wasted and party and uh, you know if we're guys try to have sex with girls and if we're girls try to have sex with the guys um, and so on and that's just kind of our tradition so uh, it's all good stuff and of course uh, being in London as well we have all our European cousins here certainly at the moment, until Brexit comes into full force. So we've got all the Spanish and the Italians and the Polish and the Bulgarians and the Romanians and and everybody else. So it's one big, crazy party here in London. And yeah, if you're here, I hope you're having a good time. And if you're elsewhere, then maybe you don't have a holiday tomorrow, but let me know because I'd love to hear what your Easter traditions are in your country. So, um, today I've got a topic in mind. I want to talk to you about game for guys who are 40 and above, since that's really what I've been writing about on the website for all of this week, and I've been tweeting about a lot. So, I want to get into that comment and just, uh, sorry, get into that topic and make some general comments around that issue uh, in a moment. But first, just a little bit of an update. Um, so the book is now pretty much completed. I finished editing the book, uh, which is coming out soon, The Modern Casanova, How Smart Guys Get Laid, is coming out very soon. Uh, so that's done. I've written the introduction, which I did this morning. So that now needs to go over to the uh, the editor to give it a good working over. And then I'm talking to somebody about designing the cover, doing the formatting. And the good news is, for those of you who have asked me, um, this book will be out as a Kindle, um, on Kindle. But it will also be coming out as a physical book via Lulu, along with my first book, uh, The Seven Laws of Seduction. So both of those books... I want to get out there not only as a digital Kindle book, but also as a physical paperback, which you can order online and then read and keep by the side of your bed and scribble notes in and carry around with you and so on. Because I'm aware that, you know, a lot of guys out there 
you know, they're kind of old-fashioned or they're not, you know, they prefer to read um, paper books. And to be honest, I'm one of them. So although I do read on Kindle and I tend to use my iPhone for Kindle, which again, perhaps isn't really the best way of doing it. Perhaps I should invest once again in an actual Kindle, but I tend to use the Kindle app. I sometimes read PDFs on my phone as well if people send me things. But really, my preferred way of reading is the good old-fashioned book. So, for example, at the moment, I'm reading a novel. It's an old paperback. I think I bought secondhand. I've got uh, Casanova's Uh, autobiography here which I'm going to continue reading in paperback and I've got a whole load of paperback and hardback books uh, around the apartment which I much prefer to read than I do digitally so I totally get that and so I'm going to make sure that my books uh, going forward are also available for you in paper form as well so good news there The other thing that I wanted to tell you is I am planning a one-day seminar in central London, in a as-yet-undisclosed central London location, and the date that I have in mind, and this is a provisional date, it may possibly move, but the date that I have in mind is the last Saturday in May, which I think is the 27th of May. So, if you're on my mailing list, you will have got an email today with some details about that and the things that I'm going to be talking about. But basically, it's going to be a four-hour seminar in the afternoon around all things game, all things red pill, some relationship stuff in there as well, some harem stuff in there if you're interested in having multiple uh, FBs. And yeah, and then a quest- the opportunity for questions and answers. And then if people are up for it, we can go for drinks afterwards and potentially into the field to do some actual live games. So it's going to be a great day. Uh, as I say, four hours of solid content. And I did make the point in the email that that content really is likely to form the basis of a... Uh, video products which I have in mind for later this year and when that video product comes out it's going to retail for something like £200. That is the value of the content that I am going to be putting out there on the free seminar and one of the reasons for doing the seminar is actually so that I can uh, road test that content if you like in front of a live audience. So if you come to that event then not only are you benefiting from hearing all that content first, but obviously as well you're getting it live uh, because I'll be presenting it to you. So you'll be able to stop me and ask questions and feedback instantly with criticism or, you know, whatever else that you want to say, you know, random heckling, whatever you want, you can throw it at me because it's going to be a live forum for you to do so. So I think that's an amazing opportunity Um, I've got to keep the numbers low for practical reasons and because I don't want to invite hundreds of people and then, you know, get it, you know, blow my load as it were before um, this comes out in product form. So I want to test it on a very few uh, guys. So it's invitation only. The numbers are going to be very limited. It's going to be a small venue in central London. So please either drop me an email if you're on my email list or if you're not it's uh troyfrancis7laws at gmail.com drop me an email or get in touch with me on twitter 
and reserve your place now because the places are going to go very fast. It's very, very limited and it's the only event coming up um, in the first half of the year that I have planned anywhere in the world. So if you can get to London, if you're based in London, I would encourage you to come down because it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm going to pack in a lot of value into that particular event on May the 27th. So look out for that. Please get in touch. Let me know if you want to come and I will get your name down on the list. So moving on, let's talk about 40 plus game. Now, I've been writing articles about this for the last five days. So the sixth one actually just came out today. I'll do one more article tomorrow to wrap up. So we'll have done a week on the website of Game for 40 Plus Men, uh, covering all sorts of areas really around that general topic. And um, why did I do those articles? Why did I write about this? Well, mainly because um, I'm over the age of 40 myself, and I know plenty of other guys who are out there in the field, uh, also over the age of 40, who are doing game, they're doing day game, they might be doing night game, online, social circle game, you know, whatever it is. And I think it's really an area that's perhaps a little overlooked in the community. In fact, there was a point when I was uh, thinking of making my whole website about 40 plus game and really drilling down into that niche. And I've kind of gone against that because I think in in some ways, I mean, game advice is game advice. And, you know, I'm sure if a guy in his 20s or 30s reads these articles, and I certainly hope those guys do read these articles that I put up this week, um, I'm sure they'll still get value from them because, you know, a lot of the advice transcends age really and it's not that everything suddenly becomes... It's not like The Wizard of Oz, where you go from black and white into colour when you're 40 and suddenly everything looks different. I mean, actually, things are, you know, in many ways pretty much the same, except that there are certain differences due to your age, due to the way that perhaps you're received, but most importantly of all, due to your the way that you look at game, the way that you look at yourself, the way that you look at the women that you're approaching. And those are the things I think that really, you know, we need to tackle and that we can, um, that we can change and we can influence. Um, so that's why I've done it. And obviously coming from a perspective of being over 40, I can talk to you about my experience with authenticity. Um, you know, I can tell you what it's like out there in the field, some of the watch outs, some of the things you need to be aware of. Um, yeah, and as I say, I don't think this is really covered that much in the community by other writers. And one of the reasons for that, I think, is because most game writers, certainly most of the big game writers or game content creators that I follow are under the age of 40. Now, in many cases, they're only just under the age of 40. And actually, most of the guys, if you think of someone like Tyler from RSD, I think he's probably, maybe he is 40 now, but I think he's he's just teetering under the age of 40. Uh, Tom Torero is under 40. Krauser is over 40. Okay, fair enough. Krauser's over 40, but then a lot of his, you know, uh, 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 his greatest activity, his greatest sort of p 
period of activity, I would argue, was probably under 40. So a lot of his, um, the real purple patch of his activity, if you like, was probably under the age of, of 40. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, there's someone whose advice uh, resonates for the over 40s crowd. Paul Janka, my friend, is over 40, but then, you know, he's happily married now. He doesn't really create uh, a great deal of game content, although he still has a business around it. And I believe that he still um, offers some coaching services, but, you know, he's not out there creating loads and loads of content around it. Um, and then there are some other guys, but um, when we look at the sort of the some of the key people, I suppose, who are operating in game uh, today, perhaps they're not over 40. And, and certainly, um, the the work that they're putting out there, so the work that somebody like Torero puts out there is great quality and it has application for men from, you know, the age of 16 to, you know, probably late, I don't know, 50, 60 or whatever. That's undeniable and I'm not taking anything away from that. But at the same time, who is, um, you know, specifically addressing this 40 plus uh, sector, and I would argue that that nobody's really doing it. So, I put out a series of these articles this week as a kind of a test, just to see uh, what the uptake would be like. And you know, it's been pretty good. Um, I've had guys contacting me. I've had people emailing. Uh, the views on those particular articles have been some of the best. Now, admittedly, the site is is new because the site, if you've noticed, has been completely revised really in the last couple of weeks. And so um, I'm going off new new figures, which is, you know, quite a low base, really, as I build, uh, you know, as I build the momentum on that new site. Uh, but nevertheless, the figures for those articles have been very good. So I can see there's an appetite out there. I can tell from the kind of comments that I'm getting from guys that people are interested in this. And, um, excuse me, just a little drink of coffee there. You see, over 40, I need my caffeine in order to stay awake while I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> Not really. Only joking. But um, but yeah, there's clearly an appetite for this content out there. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think for a start, you've got guys like me. And I am, you know, I'm really, um, certainly the way that my life is going and certainly the way that my life is at the moment, I am one of those guys that, are probably disparagingly called kid olds in popular culture. Certainly, um, the way that some women would re regard me would be uh, unfavorably, perhaps, you know, a Peter Pan, somebody who doesn't want to take responsibility, somebody who doesn't want to settle down, you know, who doesn't want to do the usual thing. And the usual thing is still. Um, in spite of the evidence that we've seen against it, and certainly in spite of the fact that not everybody is having a happy time doing it, the conventional path still appears to be getting married and having kids, or certainly at the very least settling down into a long-term relationship and probably cohabiting with that person. Now, at the age of I just turned 43, I have thus far resisted that path. Now, people who followed my content over the last uh, few months may be aware that, in fact, 
I just actually came out of a long-term relationship or certainly a relationship that had lasted for about a year and, you know, had all of the signs of becoming a much longer-term thing. That particular girl was living with me for a period of time, for about six months over last summer into the autumn. And yeah, you know, that was a, a full-on relationship. Well, you know, I mean, I, I was I was trying it out for size, if you like, but certainly as far as she was concerned, it was a full-on relationship. Um, I, I'm certain that she wanted it to progress to marriage. She certainly indicated that to me. Um, I believe that she wanted to have children, although I had expressed my doubts around that and she, you know, then when we talked about it sort of came down from that a little bit and said that she wasn't sure. But I think the reality is, you know, she was a very conventional girl, very, you know, great girl, nothing against her in any means, but, uh, you know, I think she wanted that conventional lifestyle. I think she wanted to settle down, to get married, to probably have kids in a few years' time and to do that whole thing. And, you know, we split uh, before Christmas last year. She moved out and there were a whole raft of reasons for that. And, I mean, I could do a whole, you know, podcast on that and, you know, maybe that's something I'll do at some point. But um, I've written some content about it as well, which you can find on my site. But, you know, I mean, there was a load of reasons why. A lot of it is... I mean, I, I, it's difficult for me because I'm kind of a, you know, I guess I'm a Manosphere writer. Um, I write for Return of Kings. Uh, you know, I've read a lot of that material. Um, the Red Pill, quote unquote, material about the reality of the sexual marketplace, about the so-called realities of women's uh, sexual strategies, the realities of marriage, uh, what happens in long-term relationships after you leave the honeymoon period and you get to about year three. Um, you know, all of this stuff. So it's very hard because I've been exposed to a lot of that stuff. And I suppose, if I'm honest, you know, it, that's given me a somewhat negative um, view of the disney idea of marriage and commitment and how great it all is. Um and yeah, you know, I think I've read people say, you know, the Manosphere has tainted me, not me personally, but it's tainted them. It's made it hard for them to enter into committed relationships and, you know, so on and so forth. And yeah, you know, I mean, I think on the one hand, if you've read Rational Mail, if you've read... Um, selfish gene if you've read sperm wars and all of this stuff you know it kind of is difficult to come back from that and just go well you know I've read all that stuff but so what I'm just going to get married anyway and you know let's go for it and hope for the best um so yeah I think undeniably that's the fact but then also I have to look at some of my real life experience as well um away from the manosphere so totally taking that hat off and putting it in a box and even if i forgot that i i'd ever re you know written for return of kings or read a rouge article or read a a black dragon article or anything else you know if i look at my real life in inverted commas offline i look at um my father's marriages so my father's marriage to my mother ended when i was very young 
Um, I'm still not entirely clear on the exact reasons for that and perhaps I'll never really find out but certainly they split when I was about seven. Then my father got into another relationship with uh, the woman that would become my stepmother and then they were together for I think 15, 20 years or something and then in the end that relationship uh, came to an end as well. That marriage came to an end as well. And I was able to observe, I mean, I'd moved out by that point, but, you know, I was able to see firsthand really what happened in that relationship and how it was ended by my stepmother, who in the end went on to um, get together with another guy. And, you know, I mean, again, I don't really want to get into specifics here and talk about specific personalities and so on and so forth but I suppose I was about 27 when that happened I think um, and I'd just come out of a relationship with a girl myself that had gone in a this was a sort of a pre-game relationship if you like and it also coincided with me you know doing a lot of drinking and other substances and things and it was a very messy period of my life but Nevertheless, that relationship, and I was with this girl for five years, that had also gone in a particularly bad direction. You know, she cheated on me. Um, I was very bitter at the time in that relationship. It had all gone uh, tits up, really. Now, I'd also cheated on her, as it happens, and I hadn't been an angel either. But nevertheless, you know, I'd been very needy and very uh, uh, bitter, I suppose, about it, as I said. And yeah, I mean, you know, the, that relationship, I'd seen the, the, you know, we talk, you want to talk about the true nature of women. I mean, I'd seen what this girl who I'd been with for five years, who had been so sweet and so loving and so appreciative of, of me and everything at the beginning, you know, ha, had finished up with cheating on me serially, really, with different different people and stuff. As I say, I'd mitigated that slightly by, by cheating on her with a friend of hers. But um, in the main, you know, um, the uh, the infidelities, I suppose, had been you know lo- you know on her side, and certainly certainly quite heavily weighted towards her side. And I mean, you know, I mean, again, looking back, uh, do I blame her for that? I mean, not necessarily. Um, I was pretty beta. I was pretty needy. I was drunk most of the time, anyway. As as people may know, I I gave up alcohol some time ago so that's you know and and that was a very good thing because it didn't um you know put me in a in a good in a good space and certainly not a good space to hold frame within a relationship but but nevertheless you know i suppose i suppose that experience um kind of put me against relationships and certainly i didn't then have a relationship for quite some time after that with anybody because I'd seen the darker side, I guess, of relationships, and I'd seen what what girls were were capable of, and um, in fact, it kind of echoed an earlier relationship that I'd had with a different girl, who'd also, you know, that had also ended badly, and I'd also gone from being, you know, the apple of her eye to to being this kind of. Uh, beater that she really couldn't stand the sight of and she wanted to get away from and fuck other guys. So I'd seen this pattern before in my own life, but of course, this was before I'd, you know, I'd got into reading about game or I'd certainly got into, I'd read anything about the manosphere or any of that kind of stuff. And it was actually probably a few years before 
a lot of that stuff was around anyway. So you kind of think, you kind of think well, things are things are going really badly for me because because it's me and because I am uniquely weak and I'm a you know and women aren't usually like this but I'm a uniquely weak man and um I've done something terribly wrong and I just can't keep a woman and you know it's fine for everybody else except me but then of course what happens is you you know when the internet came along and the manosphere and you start reading these experiences of all of these other men these other thousands of men all over the world who've actually experienced similar things and then you start to think well actually Maybe it isn't just me then. I mean, okay, you know, admittedly, the way I behaved in those relationships um, opened me up to getting abused and treated badly, if you like, by those girls. But nevertheless, um, certainly from what I read, it became apparent to me over, over the last few years that, you know, in fact, a lot of guys were you know, were were cheated on. A lot of guys were in relationships where they thought it was all going fine and then the girl ended it, you know, only to go off with somebody else, um, you know, fairly shortly afterwards. So it wasn't so much that I was uniquely um, flawed in some way that this had happened to me. It was in some way inbuilt into the nature of relationships as a whole. And so then, and I, I, I'm conscious here, <laughs> we're kind of running down on time and I, I've, I've hardly scratched the surface of the 40 plus um, issue, but I think this is still all relevant because fast forwarding then years and of course then I got into game and, um, you know, I stopped drinking, I became more successful in my, uh, you know, my business life, in my work life, I gained a lot of confidence, loads and loads of stuff happened, you know, I moved to London, I got property, I, you know, all of this kind of stuff happened and um, I became, I suppose, a lot more alpha and a lot better a prospect for girls and then the the tables were turned to some extent, you know, in the last 10 years where going from being the kind of the needy, weedy, beater kind of um, guy, I became really the opposite of that. And I became not the pursued because I was always still, I was still doing a lot of the pursuing, but certainly I became the one who was more likely to end the relationship rather than the one who was going to get dumped or, or cheated on. So there, there was a kind of a, a shift that happened really with my study of game. But, you know, the issue then is you go through your 30s and my 30s were a great time for game. I mean, my as, as people will say, you, you think it's all about the 20s, but actually when you get into your 30s, game becomes a lot easier. You get more girls, uh, you, get, you get more... I mean, I, I had more sex in my 30s without a doubt than I did in my 20s. And certainly, you know, age 39... Um, was probably my most successful year in terms of game. And it was then that I had, you know, a harem of uh, five girls who were coming around every, every night of the week. And, um, you know, it was just, you know, full on crazy, crazy times. It was a sweet spot, I suppose, between not having so much responsibility and also um, going out there and hitting it hard in terms of game and everything else. And then you get into your 40s and, and the difficulty then or the challenge then for, for everybody, I suppose, is what do you then, what do you do? Because at this point, you know, you've got all this knowledge, you've had all these experiences, you've seen 
the um, the negative sides of relationships. You've seen how girls can can behave towards men. Um, and by the way, you know, I don't want to draw any. There's no moral distinction here there's no I don't want to seem overly critical of women because I'm not you know I love women I love spending time with women I think women are as they are I think men are as they are you know we are inherently selfish as a race and not as a race as a, as a species and we are going to do what we're going to do you know we're going to you know both men and women all things being equal will do whatever they can to advance their personal position um, as far as they, they can. And it goes down to the genetic level. It goes down to the selfish, the level of the selfish gene, if you like. Um, and even then, Dawkins didn't want to, uh, didn't want to suggest that there was some sort of moral basis to this. It's completely amoral. You know, we are animals. We live in a, a very, very thin veneer created by society around what is essentially animal behavior and we all need to recognize that and we all need to be aware of that so there's no moral judgment here I'm not hating on women or anything like that but you know there are certain realities I think in terms of male female relationships and certainly you know and I don't want to go into all this now but certainly marriage doesn't seem like the greatest deal um, because you're essentially betting 50% of your of your wealth, if you like, on the fact that somebody may or may not keep loving you for the rest of your life. And if they don't, and it seems like, you know, in, in at least 50% of cases that doesn't happen, then, you know, you have to divorce and you get into the situation of having to split up property and, and all the rest of it. Um, but it's not even the financial side of it that affects me as much as the emotional side of it. Because, of course, along with um, the losses that you might experience financially, you've also got the commensurate loss that you will suffer emotionally. And, you know, really, do I want to sign up for that at this point in life? No, I'm not sure that I do. It would have to be, and certainly I resisted it in the case of my ex. And, um, you know, going forward, I would have to question, you know, for who would I make that that sacrifice? And I'm not saying that, you know, I will never be in a long-term relationship and I'm not saying that I won't have a living girlfriend and, you know, I'm not even saying that I, I won't get married because, you know, who knows what the future holds. But I would certainly have to think very, very carefully about that step and certainly legal marriage is not something that I aspire to in any way. Um, because it just seems like such a terrible deal. Um, commitment, long-term relationship, even monogamy, that's that's something different. But again, knowing what I know, um, having seen what I've seen, having experienced what I've experienced, and also knowing what's out there, knowing the possibilities of freedom out there, you know, I would have to question very carefully what my motivations were for for doing that. And so... That leaves me and other guys like me. And of course, then there's other guys who maybe they have been married, but they've been divorced and they've come out of that. They've been in long-term relationships. That relationship's ended. They've come out the other side. And increasingly, you know, there's a whole load of us who are in our 40s, who are still youngish guys, but we're not 27 anymore, who are out there who want to have a healthy sex life. You know, 
And what do you what do you do? Do you do you suddenly just divert to online game? Do you just use Tinder? Do you do day game? Can do you do night game anymore? Can you do night game anymore? You know, how feasible is it to to use these different types of game? And um, what are the best methods that you should be using? And I think you know all of this stuff is interesting to consider, interesting to talk about. I personally, at the moment, recommend what I call holistic game, which is basically doing a little bit of everything. I think, you know, why not have a Tinder account? Why not, you know, swipe while you're going to the loo or, you know, you're, you've got some downtime? Why not do a little bit of online dating? I've done a, a, a tiny bit of uh, Plenty of Fish recently. Um, nothing great's come out of that yet, but, you know, why not? It doesn't really, I'm not spending hours of my time doing it. Why not do day game? I think day game is, is probably the best method, all things being considered, for the 40-plus guy. But then on the other hand, why not do a bit of night game as well? And, you know, night game, the return on investment, I think, can be better with night game for a number of reasons. Um, you know, if you pull the trigger, there are, you all things being equal, you're probably more likely to get a same-night lay from a girl in a club than you are, you know on the street just because people are more geared up for it um it's more socially acceptable and so on um and why not do a bit of social circle game as well you know why not why sorry why not do do all of them um because none of them we're not talking about a massive time investment we're just talking about being open to different methods of engaging with the market so holistic game is what i'm pushing at the moment, you know, maybe that'll change in time. Who knows? I think it's a good way to go for guys. Um, I think there is a wider conversation to be had with guys generally who get into their 40s to talk about game and how they do it and how they approach it. Because, you know, you watch a lot of this stuff on YouTube and it's all 20-year-old, 20, 20 you know, kids in their 20s with backwards baseball caps on, you know, stopping girls on skateboards and stuff like that. And, you know, that's that's not really me anymore, if it ever was me. Um, you know, so where do I fit into that piece? Because at the same time, I'm not ready to get the pipe and the slippers out. I still like going out. I still like clubs. I still like dating, you know, younger women. I still like having a healthy sex life. So I think there's a lot there to explore. I don't think there is a, a one-size-fits-all answer to it necessarily. I think there's a lot of different sides to it, but it's certainly something that I'm interested in covering on the blog going forward. It's certainly something I'm interested in doing more content on. If there's demand, I think there's probably a book to be written about pickup for 40 plus guys because, you know, when you think about it, really, I mean, the, the pickup um, phenomenon in its modern incarnation is not that old. So hence why a lot of the, the sort of most famous practitioners are only just now getting towards their 40s. So in a way, we're all kind of going into, you know, slightly unknown territory. And certainly the territory by definition is going to be unknown because we're also in a particular point of history that's never occurred before with new technologies and new social attitudes and, uh, you know, all of these other sort of factors that come into play to affect the dating market. So... You know, it's a really interesting time. I think 40 plus game is going to become increasingly something that men seek out, are interested in and want to hear about and want to talk about. 
I hope that I can provide some help with that as I go on my journey, to use that cheesy phrase that people use. But I'm equally very keen to hear, you know, what you guys have to say, what your thoughts are. I've had some great comments on the blog already with people telling me, you know, the things that they are doing to ensure continuing success. I'm really keen to hear what you're doing, what your thoughts on 40 plus game are, where you think the best venues are for it, whether you think it should all be about Tinder, maybe you think it should all be online game after 40, maybe you think club game is still the way to go, or maybe you are, like many people, a committed day gamer, and you believe that that is absolutely the right way to go when you are over 40. I'm very keen to hear your thoughts and your experiences, so please drop me an email at um, troyfrancis7laws at gmail.com, or hit me up on Twitter, so I'm on Twitter quite prolifically, but if you go to uh, Troy7Laws, that's Troy7TheDigitLaws on Twitter, you'll find me there, uh, get in touch via Twitter, go to my website which is realtroyfrancis.com, that's realtroyfrancis.com, leave a comment there or send me a message and yeah, let me know because I think this is a growing thing, I'm very keen to uh, hear what other guys are doing and I'm very keen to continue to talk to you about it going forward. So I'll leave it there for today. That's a little bit of a whistle-stop tour of some, some current thinking on 40-plus game. As I say, keen to hear your thoughts. And apart from that, I hope you have a fantastic week. Do check out the website. Do check out Twitter. And I will speak to you again next week. Bye-bye.